I'm Zach Goldsmith. Good afternoon. This is my co-schmuck, Ben Belak. <laughs> it's hard to say your last name. How do you say it properly? It's Belak. Belak. Welcome to this week's episode of To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. I'm pretty excited about our cute AF guest. <laughs> Recently married. He started off years ago. How long ago when we met? 10 years ago? This 10 years 12? ago. 2014. 2014. 13th, I remember the day. Started off as an assistant, a receptionist, a receptionist, to the largest boutique real estate firm in the world. You then went it's to a be, large and, boutique. And you were, yeah, it's a, it's a, you ever have an oxymoron kid. I believe you got fired no, from that job. No, I, I got promoted. Where, I thought you were terrible at it. I, I was the first couple of weeks. Okay. Jeff hated me with a passion. Yeah. It would call Jeff me. Jeff Highland. Yeah. He would call me or he, he wouldn't call me, of course. He would tell Jennifer Berman at the time that I needed to work on my inflection. So every time I answered the phone, I would say, good afternoon, Hilton and Highland. And I, would try different, <laughs> I would try different things. And I, I think you might have even walked by the office or by the uh, front desk once and just told me to, you're like, dude, shut the fuck up. I was like, like I could, I I was could like, hear everything. Try and be more basic for yeah, me. Exactly. They want to hear it lower now. So I sucked for the first couple of weeks, kind of got a hold of it. And then I was the receptionist for a couple of months. And then mm-hmm. I got hired by David Kramer. So I did not get fired. So, okay, fine. Yeah. You got promoted somehow, or they transitioned you because they didn't want you at the front desk. Well, why would you, you became, want a 24 year old like douchebag sitting at the front desk? I don't even know how to answer that. Yeah. I, I would want, I wanted you there. It was fun. Okay. Yeah. You transitioned from there. Any way we look at it, you moved from there to become an assistant to a big agent. And then you probably weren't good at that either. I don't think you liked it. Then you moved to become your own agent. And I don't think you sold much doing that either, did you? Didn't like is this, that. Either. Is this a roast here? What's going I, on? I, what I don't understand. You started by saying I got fired. You know I sucked at all the other well, positions. Went, it's unbelievable that like he. <laughs> why did I even drive here? Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> why he's destroying you. I sat at home and did this over Zoom. I didn't need to drive here. To do yeah, this. I don't understand. I got a point. It's getting I got awkward. A point. You, compl- I got a point. you compliment the guests first and make them feel good. You don't insult. <laughs> this is why he's so good and his company's grown so. You large. forgot the Alfonso, the Alfonso and Bjorn stint as well as buyer's agent. <laughs> we, Oh, you my remember that? that? Where do you think all the material came from? <laughs> wow, that's exciting. Well, we're going to get through you this went intro. From those yeah. <laughs> crazy positions. <laughs> I just remember you bitching to me all the time about the business. So I never thought you were good at it or cared. Maybe you oh, were really? good, but you, didn't care. You actually offered me a position to work for your team at one point. I wasn't very good either. Okay. He also, he also hates it. Well, okay. you have gone from that. You have found a way to mix real estate and comedy, which I didn't even know were genres together (laughs) made a genre um and you've since turned all this into one of the biggest disruptors and innovators in real estate content and media today how's that huh full circle yeah you set them up poorly and you bring them home (laughs) yeah this week happens to be your one year anniversary so we are even more honored. Mazel you look, you look surprised. When you're, oh, anniversary of BAM. Yes. Yeah, I about the my company wedding. I was like, I got bitching. married a month ago. Uh, no, yeah, no, 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 Okay, no, no. got Jesus, it. Jesus, marriage on the brain. All right, Zach, let's get us there. Take us home, baby. <laughs> we are delighted to welcome long-term, long-time friend, Eric Simons, a.k.a. the broke agent. Logan AKA Roy. A.k.a. <laughs> Logan Roy. <laughs> wow. Thank, Welcome to the podcast. That's the intro. Thank you for having me. Let's and get guys, in. we're out of time. Yeah. Thank you for tuning Thank in. So uh, let's. So, Eric, you of course are the broke agent. For a long time, I didn't even know what you looked like because you hid your face. Correct. Thank you. Um, why real estate comedy? 
Well, I think it would have been comedy in whatever job I had at the time. If mm-hmm. it was consulting, advertising, sports, that's just kind of the natural you know, progression of what would have happened to me. Real estate happens to be the perfect vessel for comedy, as both of you know. Well, maybe not you, but Zach knows. And it's, there's just nonstop <laughs> crap that happens to you, right? And as that's a struggling good. real estate agent in Los Angeles, it was my only outlet is to make jokes about something that I was doing I wouldn't say horrible at, but I was not succeeding at. Mm-hmm. I was at Hilton and Highland, you know, as a buyer's agent, cold calling, door knocking mm-hmm. to zero success whatsoever. I was extremely uncomfortable. I felt like I was playing the role of a real estate agent. I felt like I was acting every mm-hmm. time I was conversing with anybody. I actually kind of feel like, by the way, a lot like now, actually, no, no, but you know what? A, a lot yeah. of people, that's how they feel in the beginning. You mm-hmm. kind of got to like fake it till you make it. Yeah. I was just, I was so nervous all the time. Like I didn't even want to talk about real estate because I didn't know enough about real mm-hmm. estate. So it was almost like this non-starter for me because mm-hmm. I like, even when my friends, would want to purchase something or say, Hey, I want to go check out condos. That would give me enormous anxiety because I knew it was going to flip the entire relationship (laughs) on its head. Sure. And now I'm not getting drinks with this person. I'm not golfing with this person. The entire conversation would be about real estate and I would have to learn everything about Mm -hmm. the market. And I, I did a couple times, but this guy breaks my guy breaks my fricking balls about the intro and I write on the fricking money. I know it's (laughs) like, I wasn't good at himself, but I know him well and I'm close enough with him. I can say that. Zach saw the entire thing. So, Okay, so you grew up in Arizona. You went to USC. Yeah. Were were you planning on going into real estate after college? No, I knew the receptionist, Natalie Ventura at the time. And I I worked at the Laugh Factory Comedy Club Mm -hmm. in marketing. And I did social media. So I did their Facebook and their Twitter. And I would try to help out with their sick shows and try to get people to attend events on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights when no one would. I was at Tuesdays. What was it? What do you mean? What was Tuesdays at the last? Well, it was just, it was random comedians, but I I did one, like I would try to throw events to get more people to come. So I did one called the kosher comedy (laughs) event with like Jeremy Hotz and a bunch of Jewish comedians Mm -hmm. and the rabbi meant, no, I don't know if it's meant. I just made that up. Sorry. But, um, we did one with Chabad of Bel Air (laughs) and then the rabbi got really pissed off because a lot of the comedians were dirty and was like an orthodox congregation. <laughs> so I completely screwed up like the, oh, that entire great. thing. But I quit the Laugh Factory because I realized that was just, you know, a minimum wage job was going nowhere. And then Natalie saw that I was making vines and mm-hmm. just basically trying to, you know, get famous on Vine. And she's like, you're doing absolutely nothing. Why don't you get this temporary receptionist position? So I was, I was literally supposed to be the receptionist for a week, had no interest in real estate had no interest in real estate pretty much the entire time until I started meeting people like Zach and Eric Hassan and got along with a lot of the people in the office. And I was like, this is a, this is like a cool industry. I should probably get my license and actually pursue this. Oh, wow. So nothing to do with that. And the Vine videos were your personal videos? Yeah, nothing, nothing about real estate whatsoever. What, what, what were they basically? It was Just basically about, comedy bits? It was comedy bits about me trying to get a job. Because oh, everybody okay. would always ask me, um, you know, where's your job? Like, how are you trying to get a job? And then I would just like, you know, look in different areas as if I'm just trying to find a job and do these little six second skits. They were pretty cringe inducing, but I think that was like my first time in front of the camera. And at least I got some traction enough to realize like, okay, I'm actually funny on social media. I could probably turn this into something. So, okay. So you're doing, I remember when I first started seeing your stuff and I was like, okay, this is hilarious. But if this guy's a real estate agent, this is not a way to close more deals. Yeah, worst way possible. Yeah. I was like, I just don't, I didn't understand Cause I was like, this isn't really for the consumer. He's not really the knowledge broker. He's <laughs> literally a distraction yeah. for real estate agents very specifically. So like you were like a comedy niche, like inside a niche. So 
anyway, very successful, legitimized. I think you probably you're, you surpass 100,000 followers early on in Instagram, which is, you know, at that time was a lot. What then propels you flash forward to today to be like, OK, I'm going to make this into a media company and we're going to double down on all this stuff. Like what what stimulus what was the stimulus of BAM? It was always in the back of my head like this is going to become something more than just an Instagram account because my real estate business and the broke agent were working with each other in the sense that I got a lot of content from the actual real estate business, but they were also taking away from each other because I was doing less real estate stuff because I was so focused on the content and then I wouldn't take the broke agent to the full extent because I was still doing real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. So they were just like constantly battling with each other. Then I'd say during the pandemic when all the prospective clients that I actually had dropped off for that like three or four month period in LA. I was like, I got to go balls to the wall with content and we got to start a podcast. I got to start posting nonstop. I have to grow my other pages. I have to do blogs. I have to do eBooks and just really go completely all in. So I would say just like first couple months of the pandemic was the stimulus <coughs> that just made me be like, I'm done with real estate. I'm all in broke agent. Huh? Wow. That's amazing. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I just going back for a second, when you were in real estate, when did you decide that you were going to transition into creating more content? Because it was before that, the pandy, right? Yeah, I was I was creating content the entire time, but a lot of my revenue was still coming from just real estate stuff. Mm. So I couldn't stop. And then also I was tied to it because that's where all my content was coming from. This is before the Matt Leonetti's. This is before, mm -hmm. you know, you were even producing funny content. I mean, you started literally yesterday, but for the last, you know, the first five years I was doing it, there weren't that many people that were doing content at funny, all. Yeah. Doing content, producing funny videos. So I was just kind of coasting being like, I'll throw up a post every now and then. But then I saw a bunch of creators. I was like, Oh, I could do podcasts with these people. Mm -hmm. I could do more content. Byron was on the rise doing all of his real estate news. So it was just kind of like this perfect combination of timing. The fact that the real estate business was kind of done for that two month period during mm -hmm. the pandemic. And then everybody was just on their phones you know, during the first couple of months. Right. So I was like, this is the perfect time to just go absolutely ham, do TikToks, do Instagrams, start my YouTube channel again, do eBooks, do blog posts and just really blow it up. Yeah. And people don't realize, like I have, I have some videos that let's say like have 150,000 views on yep. YouTube and on the monetization side, well, I maybe made like $60 or right. something like that. It's hard to actually make money monetizing through these things without like ad sponsorships and stuff like that. And even that until you like really have mm -hmm. a serious following and can show the engagement and the retention, it's really tough. Do you, would you say that, um, a lot of these partnerships that you've created were, spawned from Tom Ferry ecosystem? Definitely. They yeah. were? I mean, Byron spawned from the Tom Ferry ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I think I might have actually met him at an Inman conference, but my first interaction with him is he had a podcast, I want to say in 2015. He was one of the first real estate agents to do like a full-time podcast. Mm -hmm. So he interviewed me and my partner at the time, Wes Pinkston, remember him? I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and that's where we first met. But then I became friends with him at every Tom Ferry conference. And then that's where I met you. That's where I met um, Taya DiCarlo, Glenda mm -hmm. Baker, like so many people that we've had on the podcast mm -hmm. that know what the hell they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that really helped explode the content. Uh, yeah. And it, wow. you, it's, you've also the Tom Ferry ecosystem. Yeah. How did you get involved in that? Were you just Tom, like, I've got to do something in my real estate career to jump in? Wait to hear this. Well, how do you know the answer? Because <laughs> he stalks you. I listen to what people well, say. Well, there's multiple answers. Okay, so give your so answer. I'll so I'll I'll creating it now for the first yeah, time. Yeah, how do you know this? You I've know never this. said this before in my what life. What I was going to say is that I know right that now. Tom. <laughs> I'm literally, I've never said this answer before in the history of my life, I don't think. Exclusive. That's good. Yeah, it's just how I met Tom Ferry. Um, Alfonso and Bjorn sent me, and remember Neil Mansell, that Australian guy? 
that I worked with? No. Whatever. He sent me and um, him <laughs> to the Tom Ferry conference. I do remember Bjorn. <laughs> yeah, my boy. Exactly. Here we go. <laughs> Love you, Blue. There we go. He's um, not called Blue. Completely interrupt my train of thought with you. Yeah, your, he's really you good at making up a story. You were making up a story. I'm trying to make up the story, <laughs> so but did. then you involve yourself and in, in your guests <laughs> like it. Yeah, look, I'm rattled now. So, 2015 sent me to a Tom Ferry conference. I had no idea what I was doing. I thought it was too raw, raw. I knew that I was going to implement nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I basically just went to the pool, tanned, and then like drank with a bunch of people. And I was like, this is a blast going to these things. Mm-hmm. So then Tom saw the broke agent, reshared a post like very, very early on. This is what you're thinking probably. Yes. And showed me immediate support, started inviting me to the conferences, mm-hmm. gave me like VIP tickets and everything because he just kind of saw the vision. Mm-hmm. And then I would go into his office. I went there like 2017, 2018, 2019 to just kind of like pitch him on what I was doing. And he's he just, so good for that. Oh, he's, he's great for Incredible. it. And I, and I had no vision, right? Mm-hmm. I basically was like, I don't know, like a barstool podcast. I'll do a, a comic book. I literally wrote a comic book called Commission Impossible. I remember this. Three copies. Huh. Yeah. I didn't, it wasn't me who bought one. It was, it was nobody. It was my <laughs> parents probably and that's it but that that's how I met Tom and he's just been such a big supporter of it and that really kind of gave me confidence to see like okay this industry leader cares about this and is okay with the fact that I'm making fun of real estate coaches nonstop. so you have speaking of you brought up Matt Leonetti uh, of course we know Dan O'Neill who I don't know if uh, uh, yeah I don't know if you know him but he's like Staten Staten Island, right? Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. Sorry, oh, but fun. a little different. Yeah. Long no, Island guy is hair shaped. Scratch your he's ass. wearing yeah, yeah, he's yeah. wearing suits that are definitely too tight. Yeah, yeah. Um, Taya, of course, who used to be Cindy Ambule's assistant, who's become like a really well-known content creator, and of course, the script legend himself. Tom Tool, of course. So, um, Tom Tool, by the way, comes on. He's like, "Have you ever come on? Have you ever been one of those agents that says like the leads are bad? Tune in next <laughs> on Aging Hacks with Tom Tool." I'm yeah. like, "Dude, you gotta back off that oh, Philly." Is accent. he South African? Oh, Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a very specific so impression that only people who know Tom Tool will. It's understand. literally how yeah. he sounds. Or if you're from Philly, because I know the Philly accent. Yeah. That was he pretty accurate. is one of the best mm-hmm. on the phone in person that I've ever seen to this day. I don't. There's no one in Los Angeles. I think that's better than Tom. And yeah. what's sad about that is that his average sale price is probably like 400000 mm-hmm. and he is such a sophisticated communicator and closer. It's it's incredible. So Bring him on your team. So No, no. He's got a large team. They've done, they've closed 60 listings already this so year. So you attribute then Tom Ferry, the, his ecosystem, or him in particular, for kind of helping you hone all these co- sort of lassos you had thrown out there, he started wrangling, helping yeah, you learn he, how to he wrangle. He helped legitimize the brand for sure. And then within his ecosystem, going to his conferences, going to his parties, that's where I developed all these connections. And now I see everybody two or three times a year at mm-hmm. all these you know summits and conferences. I see you all the time. It's terrible. And it is. And then I just developed such a deeper relationship where they buy in more to the brand because they get to like hang out with me. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think... That my personality and they like this. They like this. Interesting. Yeah, Uh, you like this. We get drinks every night. I do. So we we joked early on about you being Logan Roy, who of course is from Succession. Mm -hmm. Is that your goal to have a media (laughs) to start a far old asshole who engages with his kids? Well, no. I think what (laughs) may be genius about this entire thing is that there really is no television channel that's real estate twenty four seven. Right. And I was just telling the Umansky team over there. um, before you came in, like, 
I watch the hot sheet every morning. And something that Byron said yesterday was an important piece of an episode that we just filmed of this podcast, um, specifically around uh, mortgage applications. So um, is that what you want? Do you want to have a TV channel where we turn to CNBC or is it the modern version where if someone wants real estate, they're on now bam on YouTube? Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. The goal is to build the biggest real estate media company in existence, right? I want to take over Inman, Real Deal, Housing Wire. They're producing an enormous amount of content, but they don't have the creators or the talent. They don't have anything funny going on. They don't have clips. Go on mm-hmm. the Inman News Instagram. It's literally like mundane quotes. Nobody cares about that. It's, it's, I don't even understand how they haven't evolved yet. They probably will after seeing what we're doing. But wow, this guy's going for it. By the way, it also doesn't seem like I went to one (laughs) Inman conference and I heard Aaron Kerman complaining about how he lost three million dollars with a commission in one day. And I'm like, dude, read the room, you know, like and And I just thought, like, why didn't the programmers say to him, like, hey, these are like, why didn't they lead the witness and say, like, hey, here are the four things that these people really would like to hear based on us putting a poll out on Mm -hmm. social what you'd like to hear from the luxury portion of this conference, something like that. Um, I would say personally, I, re- I do like housing wire, but I literally go there for the data, particularly a lot of the which that we report on. on yeah, this. I'm not saying I, I dislike any of them. We get all of our news that we're breaking down. Mm-hmm. Think about how like Barstool breaks down news from Fox Sports, ESPN. Like mm-hmm. we're not breaking news yet. We we're starting to <laughs> because of our connections and because we have agents that are finally like feeding us stories about brokerages or gossip. But we get our news from them. I'm just saying the way they're disseminating the sure. information is not that interesting. Mm-hmm. They don't have any any talent in terms of oh this person's funny this person is someone I want to see like deliver this news and that's what Byron's so good at that's why I partnered with him is because I can't deliver real estate news I can make jokes and I know what the hell I'm talking about with content but he could break down real estate news and stories to such a like tangible way for the average real estate agent when I think an inman is just shoving an article in your face mm-hmm. and sending you an email how come they don't have anyone doing podcasts like this mm-hmm. you know so really what you're doing is taking what we talk about a lot the old school way of business and thinking is kind of just to deliver them the news as is and you are making it in a balling it all up together in a ball of entertainment <laughs> and throwing at people yeah like exactly. confetti yes and that's how people consume media now my you know, it, all my friends, myself, like I, I consume it by going on my phone, looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram, mm-hmm. looking at Facebook, looking at YouTube. I don't really type in inman.com or housing wire. I do if I'm trying to, you know, get news for like a podcast, I guess. Sure. But we know that like we need to deliver it to you in these snippets. We need a quick hook. We need to retain you. We need a call to action. Like that's how people get their information. They're not going on blogs anymore. Do you know what? Honestly, I'm so impressed about by now, bam versus um, broke agent. Not that one's better than the other. It's just watching the evolution of it because mm-hmm. what I would see so much, and I've heard you talk about this a lot, is that you, when you coach agents, you'll say, hey, um, you should be putting out stories like this. It should be throughout the day, not just all jammed up like you give all this advice, but as a single operation or maybe you had VAs or something like that helping you, whatever it was, a lot of it would be like agents and lock boxes and like really funny things. But when I looked at now, bam, this morning and I looked at your stories, it was like, follow the hot sheet. Here's a five things agents should do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's how to um, convert leads. Here's why uh, cold calling is dead. Like literally five, six different shows that I have the uh, uh 
a buffet of sorts to choose from. And I was just like, this has evolved yeah. so much. Um, but speaking of, so congrats on that. Thank you. But what I would say is speaking of that, how do you then go in and then look at the engagement and let that change what you're doing? Like when you decide to abandon something or create something new? I mean, we're constantly looking at the analytics. That's what I was doing with the broke agent. That's how you evolve all of your content. So we were seeing a huge downslope in the engagement on our clips because we were getting way too clip heavy, for example, say in the last like couple months, just what, on our, what on our Instagram. It, what does it mean clip heavy? Just where every single thing was like this, you know, high quality vertical video clips with the captions popping up. You know how you do for your for your reels. Yeah, that's you, why we're <laughs> handling it. No, they're, they're fantastic. I'm just saying like too many in a row. When you see the same thing over and over again, you just kind of tune out eventually. Yeah, we you talk know, about this all the you, time. You need so a variety. Yeah. You need an actual post that says something, grabs people's attention. If mm-hmm. you go on Byron's Instagram, he has clip after clip after clip. And then he has a tweet where he says something that slides to an actual clip. Mm-hmm. And that thing, you know, 10x is the engagement of the other things. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the engagement on Instagram and then tuning it based off of what the engagement is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our email list every single day, I look at the open rate, the click rate. YouTube channel, thumbnail titles, like this is all I do mm-hmm. is basically, you know, how do you position this? How can I post this in my story to get more engagement? Do I post a thumbnail with the actual YouTube link mm-hmm. or do I go create mode and just say, you know, watch this is the best podcast ever episode. What's going to get more clips? Or do I go front facing camera and say, we just had Zach Goldsmith on the Overass podcast. He was acting like a psychopath for 45 minutes, didn't even let us talk. Go watch it right here. Like, <laughs> he was caffeinated. Yeah, exactly. Did you do that title? Uh, no, I we didn't. Yeah, it was uh, one of the worst performing that. podcasts we've had, actually. <laughs> but, it, you know, I'm constantly trying to tweak and decide, so you know, heartless. what's keeping retention. I mean, it was a great so, podcast. And you're CEO of the company? Well, Byron and I are co-partners. You're co-partners of yeah, it. And, and the, chief of content, he's chief of business. Okay, and then he... And everything. And I saw him actually do a breakout session at Tom Ferry's Elite Retreat yeah. where he talked about how to build a media company. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, if you, you know, build stuff, you can then also rent it out to people to help kind of pay for it and the equipment, all that stuff. It was a really interesting talk. But um, it's so, it's, so you're not on camera he's on camera every single day so is that why you take some of the brunt of some of the analytics etc yeah and i'm doing over ass podcasts and the walkthrough podcast so i have two podcasts a week that's right so i am on camera and i'm doing green screen videos and stuff and trying to still do your research yeah. do your research <laughs> trying to do the occasional videos but you're right i forgot about over ass which i was on right but of course you no, just I, got too much content out yeah. there right now which is leads us to bam x well, next I, which you can get into. honestly there's like we might be producing too much content because like, I don't know how much content the average real estate agent wants to consume about real estate. When I was an agent, I didn't even want to look at Inman News or Housing Wire, but you know, that's because I was a moron. But I like, you can't watch Knowledge Brokers and Hot Sheet and Over Ass Podcasts and your podcast. It's not sports, it's not politics, it's not that interesting. So we're trying to see what actually works and what actually hits. I mean, my answer I to that- I get more people from outside of real estate who comment on the yeah, podcast right. than realtors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- my answer to that would be, um, which is, I think you guys have said this before, someone did like, they'll repurpose content because most of your followers haven't seen it the first time yeah. around. And also- Maybe I'm a little bit more analytical. So like I load into the hot sheet, I'm sharing it to all these people and they think I'm a crazy person. They're like, why don't I want to watch this? Whereas maybe like he may love like the entertainment piece more where like, you know, you'll show a text message where it's a conversation between an agent saying, do you want to write an offer? And they're like, sorry, we wrote it with the listing agent, Mm -hmm. but we'll refer you to our friends or whatever. it may be. So I feel like 
it's okay to have a wide net within a niche. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what my gut tells me, even though you didn't ask my opinion. No, I wanted your opinion. <laughs> I, I, I do because I, when you're in it and all you're doing is posting stories and sending emails and writing blogs and filming podcasts, you don't really get the feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, occasionally you see like a couple comments, engagement, maybe a podcast review, but until you're actually talking to people, you know, at these conferences, oh, where sure. they say like, oh, that's awesome. I watched the hot sheet. Like that's news, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's like, okay, people like the hot sheet. But if you're not saying that about walkthrough, then, okay, maybe we need to tweak something here. Maybe this is a show we get rid of. Maybe it's something that we cut from 40 minutes to 10 minutes and it's just clips or something like that. Is there anything sure. that you, lo- sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, is there anything that you loved that you were like, everyone hates and we have to cut this? Between Two Lockboxes was a show that Danny Deal <laughs> yeah. started, yeah. and it was hilarious for like the first couple episodes, mm-hmm. but it was just too much to try to come up with hilarious talking points to realtors, mm-hmm. because also the realtors, w- w- we tried to like model it off of Between Two Ferns, which we were talking about earlier. They're not celebrities. It's not that interesting to ask what Zach Goldsmith's favorite movie is or something like that. Like no one. Bad example. Bad example. (laughs) What is your favorite movie, by the way? (sighs) I mean, it's going to be very typical. Uh, Risky business. Caddyshack. Huh? Caddyshack. It would be Caddyshack too, and everyone's like, "Boo!" (laughs) It's the Godfather, the best. uh, Godfather one and two, best made films I've ever seen in my life. You want me to go outside the box? Oh, I know everyone says that, but mine is Daddy Daycare too. (laughs) (laughs) It just is what it is. He made an incredible movie. Daddy Daycare, the Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Really good. Yeah. The, uh, the, so Mally and Eddie was on here. Yeah. Uh, before you, we got lucky. Yeah. And, um, he talked, we, we talked about monetizing the content. So while you are analyzing all this data, making the adjustments, making the pivots, you got a staff to pay. You've got an overhead. You've got a company to run. How are you monetizing yeah. your business at this point? Right now, advertisers and sponsorships. I feel like this that question, by the way, was exactly when it was the House Senate Committee mm-hmm. where they asked Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. The senators were like, how does Facebook make money? And yeah, we're, like, selling t- we're selling T-shirts. And what do you mean? And you're <laughs> like, it's a media company. Yeah, what do you I think we're doing? Facebook thing, actually, yeah, when yeah. I said it, And then it you too. go, you're like, uh, Senator? Uh, Advertisers. Advertising. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Senator Goldsmith. Would you be willing to <laughs> tell us, disclose the name of the hotel you stayed in last night? <laughs> um, no, what, no, I wouldn't. All right, so what is... Um, but do you yeah, want me to go deeper written? on that? Or yeah, yeah. I'd like yeah. you to go a little okay, yeah. deeper. Obviously, there's people who are paying you advertising. Mm-hmm. What are the other streams right now that are keeping you afloat? Yeah. And how do you see it transitioning? Why are you smirking at me? Yeah, why, he's he just because the way he said afloat. Uh, no, no. I'm not smirking at you. He smirking at me. It's no, a no, good question. Yeah, I'm not smirking because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, he's sounding know. like, in a, like a mobster. He's like, how do you make money from this racket? Tell me, open up your books, would you? I just insulted you. Oh, he's our biggest donor over here. I just, Do me a favor, relax. I just insulted him for 30 minutes. Now tell me what you're all about your money. I'm just going to kitchen and make yourself a big ziti while you and I have an adult conversation like two men. You're doing the exact same accent. It's crazy. Would it be weird if I was doing like a Chechen right now and he was doing Italian? I don't know, but I, I like the, the South African rendition of Tom Tool. I thought that was hilarious. That yeah. It was not quite Philadelphia. No, 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 it's not a Philly Ooh, accent. Tom has a Pennsylvania guy. Dutch accent. Mm. And, uh, mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I see. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Please it's answer the question. It's not so much Long Island, a big Jersey in there, and a bit of no, half to the ocean. If I were to play Tom Tool right now, he'd literally be like, yeah, what are you guys doing down there? I'm that's from, a very, I get it. Okay. I think it's good. <laughs> You've never even seen it. I've heard the goddamn accent. I've been to the city. Okay, I apologize. Please tell us about your finances. 
<laughs> Advertisers and partnerships. <laughs> That's what are answer. you worth? So, and then we also have a template platform with coffee and contracts where agents can brand and customize content that we create for them. So we have monthly calendars, mm. emails, uh, Instagram highlights, and this was started by Haley Ingram, Coffee and Contracts. I'm an affiliate. I love that's that. That's really what job. got me out of selling real estate is I signed up thousands of agents content. to that, and I create funny content for agents. Oh, wait, isn't there like a Discord for this? No. Oh. was a Facebook group for it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and then advertisers and sponsorships for BAM. So mm. I think we do a better job than any of the other media companies in terms of getting the message out to advertisers because we also have the social capital. So it's not just here's a banner ad on an Inman site or a housing wire. It's like, here's our email list. The broke agent's going to do a post on Instagram. Matt Leonetti's going to do a post about Boomtown. Danny Deals is going to do a post about Keeping Current Matters. We're going to sell these Tom Ferry tickets. So I think like agents have built so much trust with us and that we could position the content and the advertisers in such a more fun and entertaining way than mm-hmm. your usual like, okay, I'm going to join follow-up boss just because I saw I can't believe you just said follow-up boss. Why? Because Boomtown ROI is one of your sponsors. BoomtownROI.com slash overask. They are one of your sponsors. You named the biggest competitor? You know what? They're not watching You're getting good at this. No one is. No one is. Even Blair doesn't watch it. She listens to it. How could she listen to it again after watching it right here? That would be a complete nightmare. Love it. She cannot consume enough of this. Sorry, I wonder if the playback live is as good as the recording. Let's see. It's going to be the hardest episode to cut, by the way. I'm doing the first. You're okay, cutting this so, one. So um, what do you think? Um, wait a minute. Quick question for yeah, you. Yeah. So you guys are like, okay, here's Tom Tool's scripts, his best scripts on expireds. Give us your email address. Then when someone gives you their email address, they're opting into whatever it is. And then that email, that email list becomes monetizable to these advertisers. Correct. The email list is the best thing that we're building right now. The email list is probably one of the best things that agents could build as well. I know you're building a list. You send out your content to your list. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like anytime you post an Instagram yep. or a YouTube or your podcast, you're doing a great We're job. We're now doing like a content wrap up on halfway through the week because I believe in email so, so you're much. sending two or three. We do like an, uh, our weekly newsletter, which every agent on the planet sends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a little bit of um, real estate gossip, new yeah. listings, et cetera. And, um, but then we also send out like an in case you missed it, all of the content that mm-hmm. we put out that week, like midweek. Yeah, that's smart. And I'm involved in his email chain oh, too because of the podcast. People email and call me, hey, would you mind asking Ben to stop sending me emails <laughs> about this house? I'm not in the market. <laughs> you can email him directly. Let me sure. tell you how strong I've email tried. is. I cold called someone not lo- back in like September or something, and then um, I moved them into the database with email, and you know, I'm a human being. I didn't follow up with them, and I should have, but because they got the emails and they gave me credibility, literally four months later, he emailed me and said, hey, um, if you want this listing, I'm just doing a little bit of work. We're going to bring it on in September, and it's $4 million if you want it. It's yours. I only talked to him one time. I mean, we never met in person. I mean, email's really strong, so I guess for a very... Uh, curated list like yours is mm-hmm. to people that are selling things to the real estate sector. Yeah. It makes sense. And, and building it is really, really difficult without any paid advertising. So we finally just started doing that where we're running ads to our ebooks, but trading something of value for someone's email makes them so much more bought into your list as opposed to just meeting them and adding them at like an open house or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
we are trading ebooks. That's good advice. 20, 30 pages worth of ebooks that are Instagram hacks, how to hire a, hire a virtual assistant, what to do with short form video. Like I all did these, the VA one. Yeah, like all these really, really valuable ebooks with graphics that take, you know, three, four weeks to produce. Mm-hmm. And then I throw it up on the broke agent, on BAM, on our website, and say we get a thousand, two thousand, three thousand downloads. That's three thousand more emails. By the and way, then they're, they're, and then you could upsell in that ebook too. So we could do e- co-branded ebooks with sponsors as well. We did one with KCM. We're going to do one with Tom Ferry. I love KCM. Yeah, and I, I also feel like you just gave a tip to our audience, which is like, in, maybe agents can stop being so afraid to ask for people to sign in on a um, on an iPad at the open house and just say like, hey, if you want our go to mm-hmm. list right now, or if a se- someone comes in and they say, oh no no no, I'm just a neighbor. Hey, would you like to be on our secret list of pockets at an mm-hmm. ultra premium number. Yep. Give yeah, it's, us such a, it's such a better way. This engagement rather than just it's having the yeah. information. And you, don't, is, you don't need a full 20 page ebook. No agent's going to do that. If you have a one page downloadable PDF mm-hmm. that is just, here's your first time seller guide. Here's a buyer guide. Here's a list of all the properties coming out. Just something that like incentivizes them to trade their information yes. for value. Yeah. That's yeah. when you really right. pop a list off. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's really easy for me to give my email when I think I'm getting something that yeah. I want. It's so easy for yeah. me. But if I'm not, I'm all of a sudden I'm like guarding this thing that I gave to like, you know, someone for 10% off and free shipping. You know, exactly. it's really crazy. Um, give me your AOL account for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm logging in Zach Oldsmith 24. So uh, as we kind of wrap up here, what do you think is like, what if an agent's not making content right now, what would you say is like the number one thing they should do first? Consume content. Mm-hmm. I just like, you mm-hmm. can't just sit there in a vacuum at your desk and start producing. You have to consume other agent content. I would literally go to the broke agent account, scroll through my posts, see if there's any fun ideas that spark something. Go to who I'm following because all the people that the broke agent's following are the people that I consider like really good mm-hmm. agent content creators. Mm-hmm. I would go to their profiles, see what sort of posts they're doing, mm-hmm. and then see like, okay, that's a style I could do, or that's a funny concept, and then try to replicate that. Do you think that when you finally made a social media calendar, that was a game changer for you personally? I never made like an actual calendar. Really, it's, you were just it's based off the calendar in the sense that, say it's April, I look forward to what sort of content am I going to post? April 1st, April Fool's, I better have a post for that. The Masters, you know, the second week in April or first week in April, I'm going to have golf content. Then there's uh, Passover and Easter, we're going to have funny content around that. Now 420 today, I did like five or six 420 memes. So it does like set up my content, mm-hmm. but I don't sit there with like an actual calendar and like place these things in. Mm-hmm. I just kind of prepare for what it's going to be. It's so f- and that's a, a great way for agents to produce content. Mm-hmm. You just look forward and it's just like, all right, what's going to happen in May? You got Cinco de Mayo, you got NBA playoffs, it's summer. So these are just just kind of the vibes that you have like with your content if they follow around a specific trend in pop culture. It it like pops off so much more. You're actually utilizing the uh, title reps dropping off that goddamn calendar. Oh my god, my <laughs> desktop calendar. It's like yeah. that's an idea. But exactly. you have to way to spawn that into something the, that you yeah. can produce constant content. Mm-hmm. You know what they do like really well? Like he, yeah, I just saw you posted recently because Succession is back yeah, and we're in the exactly. final season. And he like the first slide of this carousel post is he's like this show just keeps delivering memes, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Um, one of one of my highest I like bought one of those meme apps and like one of my highest um, performing uh, videos ever was something that I created a meme around like 
agents saying we should send out like a happy Thanksgiving post yeah. or whatever it was. And they're like, you know, smoking yeah, yeah. weed like this is a great idea. And it's wild how the topical stuff just really jumps. That's how I exploded my content was during the Super Bowl. I'm literally sitting there hoping, hoping for a moment from Rihanna. I'm watching the Oscars like the Will Smith slap. I had that thing up in literally uh, 20 seconds because that's what the Internet's talking about at that exact moment. So when you post something while something is trending, you will explode your content. Mm -hmm. Like I, I got like 20,000 likes on some Rihanna post that I did during the Super Bowl. It was not a funny post, but it was just like, everyone's watching <laughs> it. They see it. Wow. And all the comments were like, Holy shit, you just came out with something so quick. Mm -hmm. So like, if there's anything agents could do, obviously agents aren't going to, you know, turn around and do a quick meme because that's not in their content, but just something around the feeling of what's going on. Then if you could put the succession music in an Instagram reel, that makes it more entertaining. Mm -hmm. Ryan Serhant's been doing that a ton. He has like succession music in his reel nonstop. It's my ringtone. But that's song. not, it is the best yeah, song. So Do we good. know who made that mix? No. I got it. I can't believe none of us have like looked at. That's it. You can keep going for. Jen's like, always like, you can fast forward through yeah, the credits, the opening intro. credits. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Let me ask Watch you. Watch those weird what, clown suits. What should, <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say, but okay. if you, if you were to recommend one practice that agents do that they should stop forever, what is it? That they should stop forever. They should stop. Yeah. In your world. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like. I mean, like in the content or email marketing or whatever it is. I've said this a couple of times, but interviewing local restaurant owners. Oh, that you said this the other day. I said yeah. this the other day. I think it is the cringiest content that uh. I've ever seen. Do you do this? No, no, no. I wanted to do a blind <laughs> tasting with Helen from John and Vinny's. Okay, so like people are different. learning. I'm, I'm talking about when agents feel because they heard once at a conference that they have to go interview local owners and this they're is, not skilled interviewers uh -huh. and they're not skilled with the camera. And it's the most awkward thing I've ever seen. They go up, they interrupt the chef and like immediately while he's cooking <laughs> and then they talk to the chef for 30, 40 minutes and it's just the worst content I've ever seen. Okay. So That's funny content. That. Well, it's funny <laughs> when it's so bad. We should but take I'm just that saying that We should continue. What do you should, think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say stop sending out happy Valentine's Day emails or like oh, happy yeah. Hanukkah. That's, like better. You That's a better answer. I mean, what agents do, like if you're just posting just solds and just listeds and only showing your wins, that's obviously a huge mistake. And then if you're just posting like a Valentine's Day graphic, that does absolutely nothing. So if you're just posting just to post, that's going to do absolutely nothing for you. So that's I, a better answer than what I said. I, okay, so I want to ask you a question that we asked Matt Leonetti, which was, um, what do you say to the agents who aren't or are fearful to make content who are like judgy of it or afraid how they look or whatever it may be. What, what do you say to them? There's other agents in your market that are making the content and that are appearing in your potential clients feeds mm -hmm. all the time. So you kind of just have to look at it. Like if I'm not doing it, that other agent is popping up every single time with their Instagram stories. They're staying top of mind that I'm not. So yeah, I, I mean, think Tom Ferry one. said once, he goes, it's okay if you don't want to talk to your clients. Right, other exactly. agents yeah. will. Yeah. Like, your, think other, about your competitors will. The consistency <laughs> that you have when you guys are posting all the time. Like the consistency that you have, you are posting nonstop. You are appearing in your clients' feeds. It's bankrupting, they're, man. Yeah. They're, but they're 
they're remembering. Like, even if they don't like that post or engage with that post. Who is that guy I don't like? Oh, right. No, but the truth is, is like, let's say I'm getting busier with team stuff or whatever it may be. If I'm not on the phone with my clients, it does act as a passive rapport and credibility reminder. Yeah, you're replicating yourself. If you have a video that's being seen and you're out doing showings, Mm -hmm. you're still showing up in that person's life. Yeah, so maybe I don't. I, look, I don't, I don't want to say people shouldn't call their sphere of influence, but it's better than not calling them at all being 100%. that. And, and we're ta- particularly with some of the, in a market that we're in, that's very volatile when we're the knowledge broker and we're the voice of calm. I think it's, uh, so many people say they're the knowledge broker. It's just, it's become like this yeah. contagion of saying that. I, I think like. it's because of who you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by, by a lot of knowledge brokers. Well, we b- have a podcast Byron called and knowledge Tom. brokers. Yeah. Well, Byron and Tom, Oh, are they the hosts? <laughs> It's Tom Tool and Byron oh, yes. and Lisa Trinati. Yes. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another info-packed episode of To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. I cannot believe we somehow convinced you to come on to our show. Eric Simon is a disruptor in our space, whether he believes that or not. Um, and um, we are so humbled and grateful to have you here for real. Like we both respect you tremendously despite our intro. Um, uh, that was a complete roast and haze. Thank you for being there. Um, if you're a real estate agent and you don't know who the broke agent is or uh, broke agent media, which you can find at at now bam pretty much anywhere. Um, you're living under a rock and you're missing out on a lot of free information you could be leveraging to get more business and more credibility in your market. So Eric, thank you again for coming. They can thank find you. you right at the, at the broke agent. Yes. And at now bam. Correct. You can find my homie with the steepest golf swing in Brentwood, Bel Air, at BAM also. I'm going to start just paying you <laughs> and posting there. I feel like you're a proud uncle. I've watched you grow into this beautiful young man. I feel the same for you. I've been trying to get you to make content for years. Well, I have made now. content, but I can't put anything out. It's all cancel culture content. <laughs> it is. It was a true. different time. Yeah, very true. difficult. He's from Can we the get good back old to boys? that? Because I would like to circle back and oh figure out Oh, my God. He showed me get. something the other day. It was incredibly funny, but it's we could fantastic. never play. Incredibly insulting. Uh, you can find my J at Zach Goldsmith24. I'm at Ben Bella. And we'll see you next week. Super bien. <laughs>